Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Age of Radio. Because it's sports talk with Cooper and Big Man. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we are back once again. Sports talk with Cooper and Big Man. This is Big Man, and as always, joining me, my brother Cooper. Cooper, how you doing, brother? I'm doing good, brother. It's been a long, long week. Yes, sir. But I'm ready to get into these NBA notes and uh, see what's up, brother. What's up? That's Man. right. The NBA has returned to its uh, regular season after the All-Star break. And we are ready to catch up and see what's been going on. Let's do it. First up, we're going to start with the records from this past week. Starting in the Eastern Conference, the teams will be going in ascending order. Starting from the bottom, now we're here. Ah! <laughs> My stupid little joke. I don't care. You'll enjoy it. Or or whatever. Whatever. All right, here we go. It is what it is. Exactly. All right, so the first few teams, that are not, they didn't win a game yet, so yeah. let's get into it. Pace, uh, Pistons, 0-2. Magic, 0-2. Wizards, 0-3. Cavaliers, 0-1. Bulls, 0-2. The Raptors, 0-2. Pacers, the first team I finally figured out, won a game last week in the Eastern Conference. Went one and one. Hawks went two and zero. The Knicks went one and one. Hornets two and zero. Celtics one and zero. And the Heat, Bucks, and Nets both managed to all managed to win two of their games this past week at two and zero. In the Western Conference, luckily it didn't take me very long to figure out who won their yeah, first the 76ers, game. Seventy-sixers, bro. Whatever. Who cares about the seventy-sixers? Yeah, 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 you missed the seventy-sixers. No one's missing the seventy-sixers. <laughs> But anyways, yes, yeah, so the 76 They went 2-0. Well. All right, Timberwolves went 1-1. One one. The Rockets <laughs> keep on losing. <laughs> They're just going to keep on trucking down that long <laughs> losing streak <laughs> at 0-2. I don't know how this is going to help them. I, I, you know, yeah. yeah. All right, the Kings went 1-1 one one, as well as the Thunder, Pelicans, and Grizzlies. The Warriors went 0-1. The Mavericks went 2-1. The Spurs, Nuggets, and Blazers went 1-1. One the Clippers one and zero. The Lakers one and zero. The Suns one and one, and the Jazz went one and zero. So that gives us a new updating standing, sort of, kind of, yeah. In the Eastern Conference, now in descending order, starting from the top. Now we're back to the bottom. Here we go again. <laughs> the 76ers lead the Eastern Conference at twenty six twelve with a winning percentage of sixty eight uh, sixty eight point four, and they are of course on top, so they're not trailing anybody. <laughs> And then uh, Brooklyn Nets are number two. They have 26 wins as well, but 13 losses. 
which brings them to a 66.7% winning percentage and a half game back behind the 76ers. The Bucks looking like a team that finally should uh, be on top of the conference like they were the past two years are now getting their stuff together at 24-14 with a 632 percentage and two games behind the 76ers and a game and a half behind the Bucks. Look at that, bro. The Miami Heat all the way up to fourth. What did we tell you guys? Heat rises. Heat rises. It's science. Heat rises. <laughs> We've got the science behind it. Here's the facts. Fourth in the conference, 20 and 18, two games above 500. And uh, a winning percentage of .526 and six games behind the 76ers. Told you, man. I'm telling you, heat was rising. It's just a matter of time. And they needed that break. Yeah. So it should definitely help them. All right. The uh, Boston Celtics are fifth, 19 and 18, with a 51.4 winning percentage and six and a half back. They are actually tied with the Hornets. Unbelievable. That's just crazy. Absolute, man. So 19 and 18 as well, 51.4 winning percentage and six and a half back. And the New York Knickerbockers are 20 and 19. With a win percentage of 5-1-3, six and a half back as well, but because their percentage is just a slight tick less than the Celtics and Hornets, they are not technically tied with them. But the fact that the Knicks are hanging in there is like, what is going on here, brother? I know, right? It's crazy. It's, it's kind of strange. It is. It also makes it a little interesting. A little, it does. We're going to possibly see the Knicks make the playoffs for the first time in a while. And the Atlanta Hawks uh, finish out the seed rankings at number eight at eighteen and twenty, a four seventy four percentage, and eight games back. Then the Pacers are seventeen and twenty, eight and a half back. Raptors are seventeen and twenty one and nine games back. The Bulls are sixteen and twenty and also nine games back, but their percentage points is just a slight tick under the Raptors. Therefore, the Raptors are technically ahead of them. Plus, the Raptors have won one more game. <laughs> All right, the Cavaliers are 14 and 23 and 11 and a half back, as well as the Wizards. The Magic are 13 and 25 and 13 games back, and the Pistons come in dead last in the Eastern Conference, 10 and 28 and 16 games back. Mm. Yeah, it's not good. Not good at all, not, brother. Not at all. What good. happened to the Magic? They were pretty hot at the beginning of the season. Now they're coming. Yeah, they kind of got ahead of themselves and went, "Well, crap! What are we doing up here?" And we. Yep. We are free. Going back down where we're supposed falling. to be. Oh. Yeah, we're free falling. <laughs> we'll talk about a team who's really free falling here. So. <laughs> right. In the Western Conference, in a descending order, starting with the top seed, the Utah Jazz still have not reached double digits and losses as they are 28 9 with a 757 percentage. And of course, no games back because they're on top of the conference and they're looking down on everybody at the bridge, off from the bridge of their nose, like, ha! That's Losers. Just weird, dude. Yeah, Utah. Where is Utah? Anyhow. All right, anyways, we are we obviously know because we know. Some know a little bit better than others because of other things. But we'll just say that. You, you just be quiet over there. Hey, I technically know too. I have <laughs> I have that in my family too. Right. Grandma. Apparently. <laughs> anyways, the Phoenix Suns are at number 225 and 12 with a 676 percentage and three games back of the Jazz. The Lakers are in third place at 25 and 13 with a 658 percentage and three and a half back and just a half game back behind the Suns. The Suns are hot. Al caliente. 
All right, number four seed, those Clippers, whatever, 25-14, four games back, 641 percentage. I can't even believe the Suns are above the Lakers right now. We're without Anthony Davis, bro. Come on, give us give us some time to get healthy. <laughs> and then let's see us dominate some more. It'll be fun. Right. Come on. All right. It's like, don't be $8 Lakers, brother. Come on now. <laughs> All right, those pesky trailblazers who like to get high as a kites are 22-15, percentage, and six and a half back. Or six games back. Sorry, I read the wrong line there. Nuggets are, are, are kind of in the same boat, aren't they? <laughs> they could be. Yes, but they also could be high for another reason, too. <laughs> the elevation, bro. <laughs> right? It's the elevation. We swear it's the elevation. Anyways. It's a little, it's a little uh, <coughs> hard yep. to breathe up there. Yeah. Anyways, the Nuggets are 22, 16, 579 percentage and six and a half back in the sixth seed. The seventh seed are the Spurs at 19, 15, 559 percentage and seven and a half back. And the Mavericks round out the top eight, 20 and 17 and the five, uh, 541 percentage and eight games back. So here we go. Warriors, 19 and 19 and 9 and a half back. Grizzlies, 17 and 17 and 9 and a half back. The Pelicans and Thunder, both 16 and 22, 12 and a half back. The Kings are 15 and 23 and 13 and a half back. Speaking of that team that's free falling, the Rockets are 11 and 25 and 16 and a half back. And the Timberwolves, I would say they're free falling, but they at least won a game recently, so they got that going for them, are 8 and 30 and 20 and a half games back of the Jazz. It is time for the march on from the Timberwolves. Come on, Timberwolves. Yeah. I don't see it happening, but I'm just... Come on, some basketball in Minnesota, eh? Yeah, man, what happened? No wonder the Lakers left Minnesota and went to Los Angeles, eh? It's just too cold up there, dude. That too, especially yeah. since they're playing a winter sport. Which is funny because they're in the Summer Olympics, but yet they are a winter sport league. Interesting. Strange, right? Very strange. Anyways, we're going to talk about some Major League Baseball for a moment. Let's do it. All right. Major League Baseball will be deploying experimental rules in the newly revamped minor league system in hopes of bettering and speeding up the pace of play in professional baseball. The experiments start for this season with the hopes of implementing some, if not all, of the rules when the MLB Players Association and MLB negotiate a new collective bargaining agreement by December 1st, 2021. The following will be the new experimental rules on the level in the minor leagues they will be tried at. First up, the ABS, which is the Automated Ball Strike System. This will be used in the Low A Southeast League in select games in hopes of determining an optimal strike zone for the system. The system was used in the Arizona Fall League and Independent Atlantic League in 2019 but will be changed for 2021. Instead of using a three-dimensional zone that covers the entire plate, it will call balls and strikes based on a two-dimensional plane at the front of the plate. Cooper, your thoughts on the robotic umpire? Uh, I guess that would give less room for air, maybe? Mm-hmm. Um, less human air and calls of balls and strikes, yeah. But at the same time... Robotics aren't that great either, so... Yeah, I've seen robotics fail. It's called uh, well, uh, MLB to, to the show. <laughs> I've gotten balls where they got a call strike, and I'm like, that's not even in the freaking zone! 
on that for? We'll see how this goes. I, what is with this making everything about technology? And, like, they're trying to just, like, they, they shove it so far down our throat. I mean, literally, I was hearing today about um, my fiance and her mother were talking about currency. Yeah, the cryptocurrency. And, and just how people... Don't know how to give change back anymore. Right. Because we don't use enough actual currency. Yeah. You know what I mean? So it's like we're, we're switching to everything technology. And I, I mean, in ways it's cool because you can buy stuff, not leave your house. You don't have to go do anything. You just buy it and it shows up at your house. Right. But as far as sports goes... Uh, it's a little iffy, especially with baseball. Baseball is America's pastime. It's been around for generations, and to mess with it, to me, I'm like, I don't know. Ah, uh, my brother, the baseball puritist at heart. <laughs> there you go. All right, so we got his <laughs> little soapbox run on this. <laughs> right? Um, yeah, I kind of agree with you. The point of the matter is that the game is still run by humans and it's a human error game. and what the problem is, is is i understand they're trying to speed it up because the newer generations have a short attention span <laughs> i mean look at us we're tiktokers we know right yeah we, so, we've seen it um yeah it's you have a really short attention span anymore so. yeah and with baseball i mean it's 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 a process it's yeah. like a chess game Yep. So, and some people, they don't get it. And those that get it, they get it. You know? That's right. So. All right, man. So, we're going to move on to the next rule change or implementation. The 15 second pitch clock. Low A, uh, Wesley will utilize the 15 second pitch clock to speed up the pace of play in the ga- of the game. MLB and the Players Association have already held talks about implementing the rule in the next CBA, which will likely be part of a broader discussion to implement more of these rules. So, Cooper, your thought on only having 15 seconds in between pitches as a pitcher? This could be good or bad. Yeah. Um, honestly, a lot of, you know, pitching is psychology, too. Yeah. And if you're only given so much time to throw that ball then that that intimidation process is almost null and void. Yeah. I mean, and not only that, but then, you know, some pitchers, they take their time with their wind-up, with their whole process, and you're just going to be messing with the whole thing. So we'll see what happens with it, but I don't think pitchers are going to be too happy with this rule. No, but I can tell you, if I was a flamethrower pitcher you know one that can just clock up in the high 90s maybe even push triple digits at occasion i would want to throw a pitch get the ball back as fast as i can and throw another one at that speed again oh yeah because <laughs> that would be intimidation watch i threw this ball really fast by you watch me do it again Yee-hee, here it comes yeah because <laughs> that's how it could actually benefit the uh, fastball pitchers who have high high speed yeah all right next up the two attempts at pickoff slash stepping off the rubber Across the whole, uh, low-A-level pitchers will be limited to only two pickoff attempts or stepping off the rubber moves per at-bat. This, of course, is another attempt to ramp up the pace of play. 
If done a third time, it will automatically be called a balk and all base runners will advance to their next base. Depending on the results, this could end up limited to once per at-bat. Now, this this rule, I can kind of see. Yeah. Because uh, I, I can count. You can't count on your hand how many times you've seen a ball game where you're sitting there and you're watching the pitcher try to pick off a runner for about ten minutes while this batter's sitting over here going, Any day now. <laughs> uh, I'm... Here, I'm waiting. Are we going to do this? Or, you know. And, but, I mean, yeah, yeah, I get it. But also, too, you're going to have a lot of old school baseball fans that aren't going to like this. Mm -hmm. So, you know, they need to be very careful with what they pick to throw into the game. Because if you change too much about baseball, people aren't going to care for it much anymore. Right. All right, um, this one also ties into that on how it helps actual steals attempts, stepping off the rubber prior to throwing to first base. This new rule it will be done in high, league, high A leagues and it helps eliminate left-handers' ability for a quick pick attempt at first, which gave them an edge on the base runners. This rule tried out in 2019 in the Atlantic League um, in the second half of that season. After that uh, rule was implemented in the Atlantic League, stolen base attempts jumped 70% and saw an increase of success rate as well. So, Cooper, your thoughts on the uh, lefties kind of getting a little shellacked on that rule. Yeah, that's... that's. Uh, it just goes with the same token that not everybody deserves a trophy. Yeah. Not everybody... Sh not It shouldn't jump up that much in percentage. Uh-huh. You know what I'm saying? Like, 70%, that's a lot. Right. And... You know, stealing bases used to be cool. Now they're making it like it's like child's play. Mm -hmm. It's like, that ain't right. Yeah. The other thing, though, that I like about it, though, is it's kind of trying to bring the old school small ball game back instead of, you know, ripping it and rip it like most batters have been doing lately. Oh, yeah, that too. Brings it a little bit back of the old school strategy of, hey, uh, you're on first, I need you on second, so that way if he does get a hit... You can make it from all the way to home because you know the odds are you making it all the way around to home is kind of small. Yeah. All right. Uh, next up, bases being three inches longer on each side. This final rule will be done at the highest minor league level, AAA. This will put each base at 80 feet, 88 feet 6 inches rather than 88 feet 9 inches apart. This, of course, gives runners from home to first an extra three inches to try to beat out an infield ground ball. Of course, this will also help base runners trying to steal and also trying to advance bases to have more base to touch when defenders attempt to block the base and put a tag on them. Um, I kind of like this one. Yeah. I kind of like this one because this helps as far as injuries. It can, Because yes. how many people have we seen get hurt trying to steal a base or trying to steal home or even going to home and you ain't mm -hmm. got enough room to touch the base, you ain't got, you know... Because if they're blocking that, that, that whole thing, you can't get to it. Right. Well, this is only the bases. It's not home plate itself. But even even that, you know what I mean? If yeah. they're if they're crowding the freaking, the, you know, the the right. bases, it's hard to do anything. Well, what also helps, too, and the fact is, like, you got a guy who uh, hits a ground ball. First baseman has to cover the first, depending on where, if he gets his foot planted where it needs to be. He also has a less likely of a chance because now there's so much more room because of the bigger bag 
that he might get his, he might not get his ankle stepped on too by the that, base runner yeah, man, running chugging down the they... line, which also happens. It's all, it's usually an accident, and sometimes it mostly is because the first baseman put his foot all the way on the bag instead of at the edge of the bag, which you can have. You just need it to touch your uh, back heel touching, but sometimes they get it on the bag. And but now even with the extra room, there's a little bit more room for error by the first baseman yeah. if he's got his ankle up on the bag. He's, yeah, because I mean that's just. One thing that people have problems with is is that injury rate, and I yep. I think that will help with it for sure. Yeah. Um, one of the things I actually did forget to jot down at some point this year, um, the MLB is going to try to implement and try out an all feet on the infield rule um, to help eliminate so much of the shift. So that's mm-hmm. another thing they're going to do where. You can't have that overshift where you have like your second baseman in the short right field, yeah, yeah, yeah. and then almost everybody's on the right side, yeah, yeah, that, against that, pole hitters. Yeah, of course, my always theories was if you're, I know, I understand you're usually a pole, pole hitter, and you like to hit home runs and stuff. But if I'm getting some, if someone's gonna run a shift on me, I'm butting that thing down because all I gotta do is get it past the pitcher. I'm butting that thing down the third baseline if I'm a lefty. And they're and they're bringing everybody to one side. Yeah, I'm butting that ball down the freaking. Oh yeah, because then they got to get to it. Yeah. So, and all you got to do is make sure it gets past the pitcher. If you can get it past the pitcher, it's freaking over. You got a first base easily. All right, and then uh, major league in the uh, in the major league though the league and the players association agreed to do a carryover of the seven inning double headers during the regular season. This of course will help make up games that could be missed due to the pandemic. This rule was used last season during the 60-game season. Another carryover rule that will be used this year from last year is the automatic base runner on second base starting in the 10th inning of a ball game. This, again, was to help the pace of play uh, for the league. The only rule not to carry over from last year was the universal DH. Personally, would like to see the elimination of the DH because the strategy that comes uh, with it, when a team has to pull, when a team needs to pull their starter for a pinch hitter, is quite intriguing. Uh, which for me makes the game more fun. So, Cooper, your thoughts on the carry the two carryovers uh, from last year and the one that's not being carried over? Yeah, man, they got to do what they got to do with this. Uh, I think, as far as the DH goes, you and I have both talked about this. We don't really care for it, right? I mean, I. Uh, but at the same time, I do understand it from maybe a pitcher's standpoint because pitchers aren't really hitters. And, you know, I mean... Well, at one point they were, but that was back in high school. And then they started getting yeah. into college or into the minors and they started focusing just on pitching. But here's my thing. You're a pitcher. You're part of the team. Therefore, the team, ergo, you have to bat. Yeah, there's that too. So because then, are we not calling kickers players then on the NFL? Right. Because that because you got one who actually scores points, and the other one that tries to pin the opponent as far back. And guess what? They don't. They have to tackle if if they're the last line of defense. They have to tackle. There's no rule saying oh. You have to hurry up, do kick the ball, run off the field, so we can get a uh, um, a designated tackler <laughs> to tackle that, for you. That's true, I guess. Then there's that, right? Right. So I, guess I never thought of it that way. All right. So that's how I've always viewed it: a punter or a kicker 
if they're the last line of defense, you hope to God they can at least run the guy out of bounds or well, something. Well, and that's the bad part is a lot of the pitchers, they, they can't hit. So maybe if they got rid of it. They would have to hit. They would have to hit, and they'd have to learn. And it actually might bring more prestige to them as right. far as being a pitcher plus a hitter. All right. I mean, basically, if you're in the NFL, then you'd have to just line up a extra guy over there. And uh, that was weird. My phone started doing weird things. Yeah, Google's listening. Yeah, Google's listening to me. Bad Google. But, I mean, if you're in the NFL, then why don't you just have 12 guys on the field as soon as the kicker or punter punts or kicks off, they have to run directly off the field. That way you can have 11 guys trying to make a tackle. Instead of the one guy who really can't tackle that well as your last line of defense. I mean, that's that's just only my thought. Though, I mean, it does help because you look at Edgar Martinez. Uh, probably makes the Hall of Fame because of the DH. Because he's one of the first really good ones. Um, and David Ortiz. You know, we love Big Poppy. Oh, yes. Big Poppy kind of got to that point in age where he wasn't really much of a fielder. So they had to have him as a DH. But, again, that's my th- point. You got... A guy who's not even... You got the pitcher who's only pitching. The guy who's also a DH is only hitting. They're they're missing 50% of the game. That's true. That's what kind of just has always been my um, spiel on it. So I'll just get off my soapbox now after that. <laughs> and we'll get back to some NBA talk. How about that? Let's do this. All right, here we go. Karis LeVert played in his first game since the cancer mass, or cancerous mass was found on his kidney when he was traded as part of the deal that got James Harden to Brooklyn. Levert underwent surgery back in January to have the mass removed. In his first game back, he would score 13 points and 6 rebounds in 27 minutes to help the Pacers defeat the Suns in a 122-111 game. A month and a half ago, two months ago, I didn't even know if I knew if I would even be out there, especially this soon. Just something that happened, and so def- so it's definitely a level of gratefulness and just happy to be on the court, Levert said. Cooper, your thoughts on Karis Levert returning to NBA action? Dude, that, that's amazing. And not only that, they beat the Suns. So, right. You know, Helping out the Lakers there. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Um, you know, you never know what's going to happen in life or or what, what's going to go down in your favor. You know what I mean? Right. Um, so, you know, because uh, things happen in life and sometimes you think it's for the worst when it's really... For the better, and it betters your life. And right. this trade really helped this kid out, man. And yeah. it saved his life. So I know it's um, weird to think that being traded saved your life because you had to take a physical for a trade to be commit, uh, yeah. cons- uh, consummated. And it found your uh, something that obviously could have been the end of his life because they said it was a cancerous mass. I mean, I'm sure they, they do physicals per. Pretty periodically in the NBA, but I'm sure this. Yeah, but the, they is they have to do a real thorough. thorough. Yeah, I mean basically, the, so, when you do a physical, coming back from off season is just make sure you're where are you at weight wise, how you're your breathing, kind of thing, and all that. It's not really, hey, we got to make sure there's nothing physically wrong with you. Yeah, which is basically what you have to do when you do a trade. You have to find out is there something physically wrong with you because you basically you're buying a good you need you need to know if it's work you know if it works yeah and unfortunately the, um 
well, not unfortunately, in this case, it was fortunate. There was something wrong with him, and they were able to find it early enough where he should happen to have a good rest of his life. Healthy rest of his life. Oh, yeah. And, of course, now he's back in playing, so. All right. Next up, the Houston Rockets, who keep free-falling, <laughs> have surpassed the halfway point for the longest losing streak in NBA history. The longest was done by the 76ers over a two-season span, and it was 28 games. The record for a single-season losing streak is 26, also done by the 76ers. That was done in the 2013-2014 season. The Rockets have lost 15 straight thus far, and the streak could make it up to 18 games. I was basing this off their upcoming schedule, and they have some tough opponents coming up. If they make it to the 18 uh, straight, the next game after that does come against the Pistons, which does give the Rockets a chance to end the streak. However, if they are not able to beat the Pistons, and again, unfortunately, based off their schedule, if they lose to the Pistons, that streak will continue, and their next chance to end the streak will be against the Timberwolves towards the end of the month. So, Cooper... Your thoughts on the free-falling Rockets and their chances of breaking the NBA losing streak record. Boy, big man's over here glowing. He's happy about this. He's basking in it. For real. Look, 76ers fans, I actually helped you out. <laughs> I'm giving you hope. Your team, I, I, I'm sorry I forgot your team earlier, but I gave you hope now. <laughs> yep. Your team will not might not be known as the losingest team in NBA history. <laughs> right? Uh, the fact that the Rockets are even sitting in this position, it just says a lot as to the players and the organization as a whole, dude. It's like, what is going on here? They get um, the nuke button. Yeah. And they're ready to Yeah, and they just don't care anymore. And yep. at some point, it's like, are you guys just going to forfeit the season? Like It seems like it. Like, just, just call it quits. Quit making, you know... And asset yourself or whatever, right. make yourself look embarrassed because you're going out there and losing every single game. Come on now. Right. And some of them really haven't been that close either. So, yeah, it's going to get interesting to say the least. All right. After being checked out by team doctors this past Friday before the Lakers game against the Pacers, Anthony Davis will be sidelined at least two more weeks because of tendonitis and cap and the calf strain in his right leg. Lakers plan on being patient as possible with their all-star forward, but with Marcus Gasol out at least two more games due to the COVID protocol, the team really lacks in size in the post. The team has been linked to Andre Drummond from the Cavaliers if they go with a buyout of his contract. All indications are currently that the, teams will, uh, the team will uh, rather trade the big man than buy him out. The team has also been in discussions regarding P.J. Tucker from those Rockets that we were just talking about. Uh, this also doesn't seem like a possible scenario either because of the fact that the team doesn't have much to trade to Houston in that aspect. Uh, the team did sign Damian Jones to a second consecutive 10-day contract, and he started for the Lakers against the Pacers, in which he had 7 points in 16 minutes. So, Cooper, your Bugs. thoughts? Man, this sucks. Yeah. Uh, when something goes down like this, you're, you're kind of in limbo. Yeah. And... Uh, as far as Martin Saul goes, even if you guys got him back, it not sure if it's going to fill that gap that Anthony Davis fills. Right. So we'll see what happens with it. I'm really sorry this is going home. Right. 
So. I mean, he does fill the Anthony Davis gap because of his size, but it's about well, it. The production, down. all yeah. of it as a whole. Yeah, the talent production. If we're just talking about physicality, I mean, yeah, obviously, yeah, yeah. he's bigger than Anthony Davis, obviously, but uh, but talent-wise, yeah. it's a big difference. So I'm talking about the game as a whole. So yeah. All right, I hope... I really hope the Cavaliers cannot trade Drummond. They end up having to buy him out anyways. Because, honestly, if you're sitting there, the guy has, I believe it's $28.8 million on this contract this year. Okay. All 29 other teams know you wanted to get rid of him. They've also heard that you were thinking about buying him out. Would you really want to give up an asset if you know you can get the guy for free if you force the team into buying him out? Right. Why would you want to give up a player or a pick if you know they have to buy him out? Right. Otherwise, if you're the Cavaliers, why don't you just hold on to him for the rest of the year, see if he can play some games, and then so that way he can at least try to, you know, earn himself a good contract in the offseason because it is his final year. Yeah, yeah, I mean, uh, let him play and, uh, you know, boost his free agency. Yeah, let him boost his free agency status. I mean, come on, guys. Otherwise, if I'm a if I'm a GM or whatever, I'm sitting there looking at that, going, "You have to get rid of him at this point." So, I ain't giving you sh- Jack Diddley. Mm-hmm. Almost said the S word, but I I pulled back on that. <laughs> Speaking of the Cavaliers, Kevin Love returned to the court after dealing with a right calf injury that has limited to limited him to just two games thus far, prior to the team's game Friday night against the Pelicans. <laughs> they got blown out, by the way. Though he was on minutes rest- on a minutes restriction, playing in only 10 minutes of game time, he was just happy to be finally playing the game he loves. Just playing basketball, that's what I love to do. It's so much a part of me, Love told reporters after the game. So to have it taken away from me last year and then being uh, super unlucky with the injury, more than anything, it's just really, really happy to be back out there. Things will progress. I'll probably take me a couple weeks maybe to feel like myself. But just wanted to get out there and get up and down the floor more than anything. Cooper, your thoughts on Kevin Love's return from injury? Well, you and I, we've always talked about how much we love Kevin Love. Right. We love Kevin Love. We love Kevin Love. I got to watch Kevin Love play because he um, he's from Oregon, yeah, Lake Oswego. So. It was weird seeing Lake Oswego actually good at basketball because they were a football power in Oregon. So I was like, okay. Of course, then again, we were somewhat of a... Southern Oregon football, but we weren't the whole state of Oregon, like Lake Oswego, but South Medford was a pretty good football power in Southern Oregon, and uh, so I got to see him, of course, as you know, I knew Kyle Singler, and they're Mm -hmm. obviously really good friends, and uh, to see him go to UCLA, and so I basically watched his career since high school, Uh, so I know him, Uh, I don't know him, know him, of course, but. Um, I at least know somewhat know Kyle, <laughs> sort of. I went to school with him. That's how I know Kyle. <laughs> yep. And I played basketball with Kyle. He I, he was good. Of course, I suck. So and then again, I, <laughs> that is what that is. Anyways, but uh, so I've gone. I've watched him, and I've told you about him, and you got interested in him, and it's just grown from there. How much we have appreciated his game and how he's done and. Of course, we uh, root for our Oregon boys all the time, even if they didn't go to Oregon. Mm-hmm. But they're from Oregon, so of course we root for them. Exactly, dude. And uh, just just his poise on the court, just 
how much of it. You can just tell the guy really cares about what he does. Yeah. And uh, that that for that I love him because yeah. he's just he's just one of them players and he never runs his mouth. He's never he's always happy. Yeah. And there's there's a lot of just unhappiness in this world nowadays. And Kevin Love is the love man. He's he's yep. cool. Also related to uh, was his name Buddy? Is it Buddy Love who was a Beach Boy? Um, Wasn't it Buddy Love? Might have been. Anyways, one of the Beach Boys whose last name is Love it was like his uncle or something. Oh, cool. So he's uh, he's so he's related to one, a member of the Beach Boys. Um, and not only that, but either way, it doesn't matter who your uncle is. Right. The point of the matter is this: this dude has has made a career on his own. Yeah. And he's a he's a hell of a basketball player. Yeah. Well, I mean, and you know you're really good, or at least can, must be considered good, when LeBron James tells the general manager of the Cavaliers, I want Kevin Love on my team. Yeah. And they go get him. <laughs> oh, yeah. So you know you have respect, at least, on your name when Ke- when uh, LeBron James says, I want him. <laughs> yep. And they go get him. Uh, just much like... They, Anthony Davis had to feel the same way because LeBron said, I want him. Go get him. Yeah. And we went, okay, we failed. Well, guess what? <laughs> we didn't technically fail. They were just being dicks. Because <laughs> that was funny, actually. Gail Benson got really pissed. <laughs> I'd never seen Gail so pissed. <laughs> oh, she was mad. That's why that guy got fired, the GM. Yeah. They're like, she's like, you, you, you did what? You said no to the Lakers because of what? They offered what? Oh, you're fired. Brought in the new GM and went, okay, we're going to try this again with the Lakers. Work it out. Because <laughs> they're giving us a lot. Do it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and it worked out in our favor. Unfortunately, it still kind of cost Magic his job, but oh, well, it is what but it is. It worked out in their favor, too. They got some young talent. and. Mm-hmm. And uh, Brandon Ingram and yes. and all that. And it's just no. I'd still rather have Ingram than Kuzma, but that's just me, <laughs> right? But we're not talking about that right now. So, all right. So that that's yeah, it. Just another soapbox. We don't want to go on. <laughs> yeah, we don't want to push this to an hour. We're already th- almost thirty-eight minutes. In. <laughs> we're not getting on another soapbox. All right. So. Football talk is Tuesday with NASCAR, of course. Uh, Big announcement from the NFL world. Finally, we've been kind of waiting to see what happens. It happened. We'll talk about that Tuesday. Uh, Yeah, it happened. Yes, don't start crying now. (laughs) (laughs) We're going to miss him, but it's okay. Uh, Legal tampering, I believe, starts tomorrow. So we'll be talking about legal tampering on Tuesday because... That will be the day prior to the start of NFL free agency. Uh, there's also one free agent who's no longer a free agent because he did resign with his team, so which will make a certain prima donna quarterback quite happy in his cold-weathered locale. <laughs> That's your clue for that one. Yeah, if you don't know yeah. what I mean. Well, then you're not paying attention to NFL locations of teams. <laughs> so that your or own players, period. Uh, yeah. Anyways, and then of course we'll be back Thursday with worldwide sports talk. Uh, hockey's getting ready to wind down and get ready to move towards the Stanley Cup playoffs. So Ooh, things are getting getting exciting, man. Yes, it's starting to heat up on the ice. 
Well, maybe we shouldn't talk about heat because we were right with the uh, with the heat, Miami Heat, and they're rising. And now if we get heat added to ice, the ice melts. Right. Global warming. Yeah. Yeah. You know where it's going to get really hot with global warming? Here. Here. <laughs> All right. So then, of course, <laughs> we preview Fastlane next Saturday, which is going to be amazing. Oh, yes. And then after that, we get to preview... WrestleMania. It's coming, baby. I can't wait. It's so close. I cannot wait. It's going to be fun on the bun. All right. Anything else to add? I'm good, brother. You? I'm good. All right. I think so. Yeah, we're good. All right. So that does it for us here at Sports Talk. And as always, keep Keep on on talking talking sports. sports.